This is the VO Life Podcast. All about the ups and downs of being a voice actor in the real world. Casting sites, agents, marketing, using every resource to make sure we keep growing and reaching for more. We may not be superstars, but we're grinding our way up. From the occasional regional to the local 15 and everything in between, we are living the VO life. Join us weekly for recent happenings and interviews with the people who can help you on your walk through the VO life. Now, here's your host and fellow traveler, Troy Holden. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the VO life. I'm Troy Holden your uh, returning blue-collar voice of choice. It's good to be with you. Today, we're skipping over the casual shorts. We're moving away from that just for this episode because it's coming up the week, uh, the first week of July. Uh, Happy birthday, America. I just got to do the coolest um, happy birthday, America thing today for a a guy and uh, really enjoyed doing the job. Um, Those are always great to do, anything like that. But I want to talk about today three years of voiceover, and um, this is the week that I delivered my very first voiceover job, and guess what? I found it. I didn't think I had it, but I did. So uh, allow me to play it real quickly for you. It's a little short real estate ad that went on YouTube. I had been working trying to get my blanket booth going, and I had my, I probably recorded this on the Fifine USB mic. I don't remember, but uh, Untouched Audio. And here is the first job that I delivered on Upwork. Homeowners make two mistakes when selling they either overprice their home, causing it to sit on the market for months on end, or they underprice it, leaving tens of thousands on the table. Learn the value of your home before you list. Go to felixhomes.com now to see what the top-rated home value experts think your home is worth. And there you have it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not terribly, terribly awful, but I guess it scares me when I listen to stuff that's old because I'm like, man, I can't believe I was sending that stuff out. Um, it It just has this hollow, empty feeling to me. But anyway, there it is. Well, I had posted about this three-year anniversary coming up, and uh, I had a couple of people say, really, I thought you'd been around a lot longer than that. You seem like you've got a lot of experience and everything. And I, I, I think where that comes from is the fact that in, in the first year and a half, I feel like I did what a lot of people took two to three years to do because I was in you know different coaching and doing this and doing that, and I was doing a podcast, and I was doing – you know, all this stuff, I jumped on Voices.com way too early and, and caught a couple breaks and booked a few jobs and this was going and that was going. This episode is to, this is not a bragging episode. This is actually, to me, it's a humbling episode because it it made me realize when I sat down and wrote the notes for this as to how thankful I am for where I am, but also how much I still do not know. There's a lot. I still have to really, really study my scripts before I I sit down to read them, um, uh, especially on auditions, especially agency auditions. I have to take my time. I have to find where in that script are they trying to get that, what are they trying to get across and what are they not able to say? What do I have to make come out in this, you know, and, and what do I need to hit and where does it change gears? And I'm still slow with that where professionals, they can pull copy up and they can read ahead and they know what to do. And that's amazing to me. Um, But I say that to say this. I'm doing this for transparency because I want you to hear how I got here in three years, what my path was. And you'll see that it's probably not anything like maybe the path you're on or what you've heard other people talk about. And that's okay. Because the bottom line, and we'll repeat this at the end, Ten of us can go uh, the same way, um, but we still won't really go the same way. You know, we're, we're trying to go from point A to B, and you're going to go around to the left. I'm going to go around to the right. Somebody's going right up the middle. Somebody's swinging way outside and coming back into the middle. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to go at it a different way. So anyway, from that first job officially delivered, I believe it was July the 3rd or 4th, 
I want to say it was the 4th because we were going to my in-laws for a cookout. The file is dated July 3rd, so it's probably July 3rd. But um, um, after starting on Upwork and self-learning on YouTube starting in May of 2020, um, I had joined Bill DeWee's Blueprint. I was going to those meetups. I did that for a couple of months. Then I decided instead of spending money on that, I was going to spend money to coach with Mike Hathcote, who was part of Bill's program. And... About that time, I recorded that first job. Um, I I then decided after meeting with Mike, who uh, through that program, they were very encouraging to get people to get on Fiverr. I did. I jumped on Fiverr uh, in late July. I really didn't understand Fiverr until about September. And that was when I started really working with it and understanding how I had to set gigs up and how samples needed to be and how you need to fill out your profile. I got with somebody that coached me on that and that helped. And it sort of, I won't say took off, not like it did for a lot of people, but I did okay. And then in January of this year, I hit top rated seller. And then ever since then, it's went downhill. <laughs> and I don't understand why. Who knows what, you know, is it more people on there, more competition, blah, 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 whatever. I don't complain. I'm happy with what I get, but I focus in other ways because I just say, oh, my, how times have changed. Because when I started there, there were way less people. I know, let's just say there were 1,200 level twos, and now there may be 3,000. You know, it's just a lot more people. And it's not just there. Uh, In in the other platforms, uh, Voices.com, you know, they they run a $99 sale, and here comes 500 people. Um, Facebook groups. You know, there's way more Facebook groups and way more stuff going on out there than there was before. Uh, I remember when there were only about three or four Facebook groups that were relatable and and meant anything to me to look at. Um, So I feel like I was in wave two because, you know, there were a lot of people that started in early 2020 and then another big wave came that summer. Uh, which was my wave. A lot of people started right at, right at the beginning of 2020, and it just kept going. More people kept getting in, getting in. And I think a lot of people were thinking, I want to work from home. VO keeps popping up in my feed. You know, you can make money doing this at home. And, you know, I know a lot of you truly love doing this, and you're putting in the work and going at it the right way, but there's a lot of people in it that are just trying to make a fast buck. They just think it's an easy way to make money, and you'll find out real quick it's not. Uh, and then they burn out and they get out. And, the, and some of them may be good at what they do, and that's a shame. But at the end of 2020, I decided, let's go to Voices.com. I want to be more professional. I want to do you know better jobs, better work, better money. So I bought into that. I started auditioning. I won my first job within a month. It was for Jack and Jones Denim. It was a very weird read. For me, I was totally out of my voice because they wanted it to not have an accent. They wanted a very general voice, blah, blah, blah. And somehow I pulled it off. Luckily, it was a very short job. It was like a 15-second spot. And I was able to hold that <laughs> that fake non-Southern accent long enough to get that. Um, so I got that, and that that's what opened my eyes to then – you're going to have to reinvest into coaching at a better recording space because I was dying in that booth. I was having to turn off the air conditioning in the house and make everybody be quiet, and that was not working. And I, I said, if I don't do that, this will always be a hobby. Follow me where I'm going with this, all right? If I don't do these things and invest, it'll be a hobby. So I started doing workshops with the VO gurus. I built a booth myself based on the knowledge I had And I started buying better equipment as I booked some more jobs. I wasn't making a lot per month. I might pick up three or four hundred dollars a month or six hundred dollars a month. Might got lucky a couple of months and made twelve or fifteen hundred dollars, but normally under a thousand that first six months. I was, you know, making a few hundred dollars a month. I thought I was doing okay part time. You know, I thought it was pretty good. So I started a podcast to document that journey. That grew into the VO Life and the VO Life Facebook page, and I started sharing my ups and downs, and as I've said many times, my beliefs and things I talked about probably have changed. Well, I know they've changed when it comes to certain things because I was sharing what I was doing at the time so someone else could listen to it and maybe come back and listen all the way through later and say, okay, I get it. He didn't want to make that mistake, so that's why he's doing this now. 
So it, there I was constantly learning the craft, how to best set myself up for business and business success. And what I quickly learned was you needed multiple spokes in the wheel, but I was working a full-time job and I couldn't market. I just knew it wouldn't be right to market. I didn't know how I would market working a 50-hour-a-week job. So uh, what else What else can I do? Well, well, I could do a few more platforms. Let's do Voice123. Let's do Badalgo, VO Planet, Cast Voices, anywhere else I could find. I never did Voice Bunny. But honestly, now looking back, it was too much. I should have been building a database of direct email contacts when I was ready to start reaching out to them, but we'll get to that later. So 2021 rolls around. Uh, it was a hard year. You know, COVID had ravaged everything. Everything had changed. The workplace that I knew and loved had totally changed. And I did love my job. We had successfully moved from one building to another. And I'm talking about a 300,000 square foot manufacturing plant that delivered daily, multiple times daily, to Toyota, Nissan, uh, GM, uh, all the major automakers. We made engine parts for all of them. And our, it was our parts that, that made, made the engines go. I mean, we, we made the drive trains, the timing, drive chains, timing chains, uh, the, you know, all of the levers for all of that. And, you know, that's, that's what makes a car go. One of our parts breaks, you're walking home. So we, we were pretty big. And, um, but everything changed. It was hard to get parts. You know, all of you remember that. You know, there were no cars at the car dealers because you couldn't get parts, couldn't make the cars. We never ran out of parts. We came close a few times. We had to go to suppliers and, and donate people to help and do all kind of crazy things. We had to fly parts out of Japan. We had to expedite parts as they hit the port and try to get containers moved faster. It was not business as normal anymore, and, and you couldn't see an end to it. They kept saying three more months and three more and three more months. They'd say six more months. And after six more months, they'd say maybe next year. And in all that time, people are leaving, quitting, don't want to come to work, tired of it, tired of the COVID restrictions, tired of wearing a mask inside the building just because, you know, there's multiple people, tired of going to the bathroom and having to wait outside even though there were three stalls or six stalls, but nope, only two people in there at a time. You got to stay six feet apart. People were burnt out on it and it began to wear on them and it began to wear on us as a management team trying to keep them happy. Accountability was gone. Reliability was scarce. And loyalty was, in my opinion, at that time, pretty much non-existent. The company wasn't loyal to you and you had gotten to the point you weren't loyal to the company. And as these constant changes kept happening to policy and procedure, it just made it so stressful. And me being very old school, you know, I, I grew up where, you know, managers and supervisors, they gave direction, told you what to do. They were supportive of you. They would help you. They cared about you. They did. They, we always knew about our people and, and asking about them, hey, how did so-and-so do at his ball game last night? But all of that was kind of taken away with all of this because – You'd get accused of favoritism if you talked to this one and not that one. And it was just, how else can you put it? It had just changed, you know? So I come home in October of 2021. I'm venting for probably the 10th time to my wife. I would, once a month, I'd just say, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know, you know, I didn't want to have to go somewhere else and start over. I was, you know, 50 what, seven at the time, turning 58 right then. And I said, I just don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And I don't want to have to go somewhere else. And uh, she said, you know what? Why don't you just go in tomorrow and quit? You're doing voiceover. If you're home every day, surely you could do more voiceover. Of course, her not understanding, it's not the fact of me going out and just, I need some more work. Can you people give me more work? It didn't. It's not that simple. But I understood what she was saying because... I could market then. I could build a marketing strategy and a plan. I could start getting after it. I didn't really feel like I had all the tools in place. So I thought about it more, prayed about it, and came up with an answer and, and told her what I thought. And I said, how about I don't just walk in and quit now? How about I quote unquote retire 
at the end of the year, and that gives us October, November, December that I can start working harder at VO and start doing more. And then January 1st, 2022, I'll, I'll be in this full time, which literally December 22nd, but nobody works that week. So that's what I did. January 1st, officially launched my full-time business. Now, 2020 was a learning stage. We're not going to talk about that. That was July till December. We're not going to count that towards how much money did you make, you know, and, and what did you do and, and this, this, this. I was just starting out. So let's start with January 2021. I was part-time, Fiverr, Upwork, just started Voices.com. In 2021, somehow, some way, I made $21,000. I reinvested a ton of that into my coaching my booth, my equipment, everything else. So if somebody tells you there's very, very little startup cost, yeah, if you go buy a USB mic and throw a duvet over your head and sit in a closet, sure, it's very low startup cost. Are there people making a, a lot of money doing that? I don't know. Are there people making money doing that? Absolutely. Is it the right thing to do? My two cents? No. You need to be prepared to invest some money in coaching, in workshops, in good equipment. I'm not saying you got to go buy a, a, a Neumann, a TLM 102, 103. You don't have to go buy an Apollo, but get a decent mic, $200, $300 mic. Get a nice uh, Megami cable. Get a nice mic stand that doesn't squeak, rattle, or have springs on it and make noise. Get a good interface, whether it be an audience. Uh, I guess the focus rights are okay. I've never had one. I can vouch for the audience because I've been using one, oh, gosh, almost since I started. Um, and, and the PreSonus, um, I had one of those. And I gifted that to somebody a while back with a microphone to help them get, get in a different place because they had a USB mic and they were full time. And I felt like they needed it. So that's what we do. We help each other. So in, in 2021, like I said, 21000 I reinvested over half of that, I'm sure. Um, and then as the end of the year came around, I was trying to put, you know, put more back because I didn't know what was going to happen. So 2022, I'm still basically doing the same things. I was going to start marketing. I did have a little bit of direct business where people contacted me off other platforms, wanted to do it direct, and we did. I also made some demos for other people. I helped people make video demos and I helped them make thumbnails for Fiverr and Upwork. It was a very small part of my income. But in 2022, by the grace of God, I tripled what I did in 2021. I was uh, almost tripled. I was just under. I was like $8 away from $60,000. Man, that's awesome in your first year full time. And really it is. I'm humbled by that, but that was still less than half of what I made the year before at my regular job. So the changes in 2022 were this. First of the year, VO Atlanta's coming up in March. I, I kind of talked about it, but my wife said, you are going to go. And I said, I don't know. I'm scared to death. Why should I go? She said, you need to go. People need to know who you are. You need to meet people you got to get your, your name in the hat. And even though it wasn't a place you go to get clients, you go to make associations, and that's just as important. And I've learned that since. There's a podcast about that. Although I was scared to death, it was a game changer for me because I went to so many good one-hour classes about marketing, about the business side of EO, about vocal exercises, and hearing other people's stories. And then I went to Cliff Selman's automotive breakout session, a three-hour session, and ended up doing a demo with him. It was eye-opening for me for several reasons. A, I went through the professional demo process from start to finish in a way that Cliff does it, which is very deep and detailed. It also boosted my direct marketing path because of what he taught me and how to go find these contacts and how to market my demo. 
From that, I was able to expand that same exact marketing concept into marketing to production houses, e-learning creators, political people. And as I grew this part of the business during 2023, and although we're only six months in, because I started doing this in September of 2022 with a vengeance, I saw a shift from online platform business to direct business, where my direct business started averaging about 70%. And that's a total shift from where I was in the first part of 2022. So from having no control of where work was coming from to having a majority of the control. So 2022, that was the year that to me, it became a true business because A, I was full-time. B, I had full days to focus and to get more organized. So I went into 2023 very laser-focused on how to market. And I was ready for VO Atlanta Part 2 in March of 2023. But even with all of that, as 2023 got off to start, I was really questioning a lot of things. My brand. Am I pigeonholing myself by calling myself a blue-collar voice of choice? It doesn't say I'm a southern accent voice of choice, but it's blue-collar. Blue-collar can be anywhere. But I had it in my head, maybe not. My demos. I had five agents, and I was questioning the demos that I made. I had five agents. I started questioning when I have the same trajectory this year that I had last year. There's no way. I won't double again this year. I've got a target of 75000 I think I'll hit the target. I really do. I think I, if I don't, I'm going to be darn close. And my target next year, 2024, is hundred grand. My f- initial goal was by year five to be making six figures. That was my big open mission statement. So I won't be disappointed if I don't hit it in year four. But year five, I I really hope I do. What happened with the direct marketing and and the the way it changed things, I picked up a couple of, and this is another reason I went into this questioning things, because I was really down on myself um, right before VO Atlanta and actually a little while after. I mean, May was a good month, and it really was a great pick-me-up. But I had picked up two new automotive clients off my direct marketing. I booked work with them. They contacted me after I had emailed them, love your demo, we're going to send you some work. It paid nicely because I had been warned that a lot of them, you might only get 100 bucks a spot, some may be 150 These were 250 They were good spots. Uh, they had told me the client normally re-up their spots every month, that they really like my voice, and they'd like me to do that in my John Deere Gator. My what? That's not on my automotive demo. They just wanted that conversational feel. So, did that work, sent it off, got paid. I was so excited. Man, if I can just have this every month, you know, and and I can start going picking up a few more, I might actually hit that six figures. But guess what happened? I never heard from them again. I waited a month. Didn't hear anything on a new spot. I thought, I'll give it a couple more weeks. I don't want to be pushy. Waited a couple more weeks, sent a nice email that, hey, I'm going to be out for VO Atlanta. Just want to let you know. And if you need anything, you know, while I'm out, I am going to carry some equipment, but don't want to record unless it's absolutely necessary. But if you get it to me by Tuesday, you know, I can get it to you. Nothing. No reply. Man, that was a hard bump in the road because I thought, they like my demo. My demo's me. I did it. You know, it was record. My vocal was recorded on it right here in my studio. It was, you know, Cliff had did the, the mix on it and everything. But I mean, I could replicate what was on there. I knew I could. But man, they must have really hated it. I wonder if they even used the spots. You guys ever get out in one of those rabbit holes and you can't get out? So although income wise, I'm ahead of target. I'm doing okay, but that hurt. It's hard because I'm new and I'm relying on all of this to make a living. I'm supposed to be the breadwinner in my house. I've always been the the one that made a lot more money, but that's not the case 
when I'm doing what I'm doing, and my wife's got the steady work, and she's carrying the benefits. It's hard on a guy, especially down here in the South. Anyway, like I said, it was a hard bump in the road, and it took my accountability buddies that I'm with to jerk me back into place and say, man, you're doing fine. This is going to happen. Maybe you need to do something else to really make you get after it harder. So, like I said, income-wise, I was in in a good place. Target was going good. I'm going good. So then I thought, let me think the other way. What if I could get rid of what little YouTube work I've still got that's not really acceptably priced? So I made that decision in late April after after VO Atlanta, and I came back and I gave the guy notice, hey, end of April, I'm done. I'm not going to read these anymore. They were cheap off of Upwork or wherever. I had moved him direct, so I wasn't losing the 10%. $20, or I'm sorry, 25 I think it was 25 20 or 25 per read. I think it was 20 It was 20 And granted, for several months, he would send me not one or two a week, but I would get somewhere in a month's time, usually 40 to 50 of those. So you add that up, it's it's a thousand bucks. But I needed to open up that time to market and work on myself. I needed to carve out more away time from the mic and the desk so I wouldn't burn out. And getting rid of this would give me that time. Do I risk giving up that money for the freedom and the ability to make my business better? Yes. That's what I, I knew it was time. I was confident in that. So, taking the full look back for 2023, first half, where I am, income's on track. June is probably going to be a little short, but not by that much. Um, I, I have done some good work in June that well, I'll, I'll be paid for in July, and that is how I track it. It's when the money comes in, not when I do the work. I am very thankful that the end of last year, I added... Uh, Cotton Patch Cafe to my roster through a production house that hired me. Um, That is direct work, thank goodness. And that I have also been able to up the game on Voice 123 where I'm starting to book more at higher rates. I also have some other fantastic direct clients, some of which started with me in 2021. Three of them are regular and repeat clients that have been with me that long and they continue to order and they pay well. Um, And when I went up on them in 2022, they didn't bat an eye. And when I went up on them again in January this year, they did not bat an eye. And and it wasn't crazy incremental. They were uh, long-form narration for most of them, and it was by the word. And I just got it up to industry rate, you know, where if it was 15, and I'm making an example, if it was 15 cents a word, I got them to 20 or 25, you know, and they never blinked an eye. I have remodeled again into a larger space where I'm way more comfortable. I can work from one desk. It's a electric lift desk. I can stand. I can sit and do editing and marketing. I hope this is not my final. I would really like to have something even a little larger that is a little bit more outside soundproofed uh, whereas if I could build, you know, cement block and two by sixes inside and, and you know, uh, the, the, uh, the stuff on the outside that would help block sound and then the insulation weaved on the inside and double, double sheet rock, blah, 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 and t- get it really tight. I'd love to do that. But, you know, if I'm here from here on out, that's okay. I'm comfortable out here. I feel, I feel like I really have a legit business, even though, I pull the curtain back on my right side, and there's a cat litter box out there. Yeah, gross, right? Luckily, it is there if they can't get to the other's location. So it's not that bad. But I feel truly professional with this. This podcast, thank you, everybody. Um, it really spiked up at the end of the year and more people listening and, and more people asking for advice and following. And I hope everyone listening understands there is not one way to build a VO career. I have foobarred I don't know how many times. I do think 
the two common factors you must have. You must really love this as a creative. Not love it because it's going to make you extra money. you got to love it as a creative and it's fulfilling to you and you enjoy it and you have a passion. And then on the other side, the willingness to work your ass off, sometimes for peanuts or nothing at all, to learn your way up. Do you get the, the change right there? I'm not saying work your way up. I'm saying learn your way up. Because when you're told this is a marathon, it's not a sprint, whoever first said that, whether it was Bill DeWeese or whoever, they're dead serious. When you're told it takes years to learn the craft, no one's trying to discourage you. They're just trying to tell you the truth. You don't know what you don't know when you start. It's not as easy as reading off a piece of paper, right? And when I say I believe it takes three to five years to say you're a legitimate professional voice actor, I believe that only if you've put in the work during that three to five years and you're still learning, you're still being coached, and you're auditioning hard and well. Shortlists are going up. Callbacks. You're being put on hold if you got agents. You may not be booking, but you're getting closer because there for a while they wouldn't hardly send you any auditions. Then all of a sudden you started getting more. Then all of a sudden you're on hold. Then all of a sudden you start booking, right? And you're always going to have to learn to handle the rejection, the imposter syndrome, the doubts, the laying awake in bed wondering, is this slump going to end? The days you get nothing but no, and then those, those, those terrible times when the client doesn't come back that you've had for a year or two. Once you do that and accept that this is a business, you're going to gain and lose customers. You're going to get more no's than yeses. But you also learn to celebrate every teeny, tiny, small win. You are tracking your growth somehow, and you are going upward in your stats. You're on the right track. You see, I don't think we ever stop worrying a little bit. If you think the guy running General Motors, and I'm going back to my old adage of automobile manufacturing, if you think the guy running General Motors or Nissan is always just thinking ahead, and, or if you think he's never worrying about the market and the competition, he's up there at the top, no. We all do the same thing, but we, as voice actors, we don't have a team of experts working for us to help us. We don't have analysts. We don't have engineers. We're doing the same. But we, all we have is each other. And I think, and my little, uh, my little self, my little world, I think that's what makes it so great. We laugh together, we share, we interact, we support each other. I'm also, as I talk about where I'm at right now, very happy to be a part of a second podcast. It's another VO podcast. That's my accountability group, Alden and Jake. I have other people that I have been in accountability with. Some, uh, you know, I talk to once a month. Some we just talk now and then. Um, some here and there. But Al Alden and Jake and I, we talk daily in our group chat, in a Facebook group chat. We're on Zoom at least one to two times a week. And if one of us is having a issue or is down and needs a lift, we all three get on if we're not in a live session or something and not busy. That's, that's what we should do. We are there for each other. We're tight. You have to be. We all three jump on. It's usually not one of us with the other. It's usually all three. To me, that's crucial as you get started. That group may change as mine somewhat has. I still talk to some of the same people, and I'll, I'll mention those soon. But if you want to be better, you surround yourself with people who are better than you are, and you play catch-up and learn from them. If you want to be stale, stay in a dead Facebook group that has nothing but beginners in it, and you'll see the same things, same questions, same answers, day in, day out, same topics. You may become one of the experts because you've seen so many answers, and you can answer just as fast as anybody. 
that's not going to help your business. You got to stretch and you got to get out of your comfort zone. So three years in voiceover for me, one year of normal when I started learning like everybody else, two that were very accelerated. What do they call it when you go to the magnet school or whatever? I felt like I had a, I felt like I was in magnet school because I wanted as much as I could get as soon as I could get it knowledge wise. And I had a plan, build a good part-time business. I would retire at age 62. That would be the end of 2025. And then I would go full-time in voiceover. And if I needed my social security check, I could go ahead and draw it at 62. Why not? I'm only going to lose about $80 a month by drawing it early. And I could hand that check to my wife. And then I could try to make what I could in VO for extra for us. You know, if I could make 50 grand a year, that'd be great. That was my plan. Didn't happen that way because of the changes to the workplace and how I fell in love with this work. I didn't know I'd like it this much. I knew I liked it. I knew I'd always wanted to do it since I was a kid. And as I got into it, I thought, man, I wish I could go full-time sooner, but I'm going to stay with my plan. And then that second wave of COVID or whatever it was happened, and all the supply chain issues happened, and life changed. Plans are made to be changed. Someone told me, if you don't have a plan B, you're better off. You got a plan A and you stick with it. I had to stick with my plan A, but change the date. And I had to change the target. So I stayed with plan A. So how can you do all this? Well, I've heard you talk about all this. Look, it's working for you. It is. It is for now, of course. But I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't wish on anyone what I did with the pressures of if you're trying to support a family if you don't already have a very established business going and you're not already making solid voiceover money, unless you're dedicating a lot of time, because if you're working nine to 10 hours a day already, you're going to sacrifice something, your family, your free time, your hobbies, because you can't do this and build a business in one hour a day. Well, I just get a few jobs. I can record them in an hour. All right. But that, so what? You still need to be building the business by investing in you. Well, how much money do I need to have to start this thing? I've heard a couple other people talk about it, and I, I don't know what their figure was, but to me, I'd say $7,500 the first year, year and a half, you're going to spend that much because you got to get decent equipment. you got to get coaching. you got uh, so to get a demo done because everybody can't mix and, and do audio and all that to where it's good enough to send out because you don't want to send it out if it's not good enough. And then you got to start branding. you got to have a website. you got to have a landing page to send people to. That's what that website's for. Even if it's a one-page website with your demo and information, you got to have it. And despite people say, you can sit in a closet and make money, I won't totally disagree with that, but I will say this. Honor this profession, at least do it the right way and learn the craft. Don't just throw it together in a few months just to make a few hundred bucks a month. That shouldn't be your end goal if you're in this. Are there good part-time voice actors? Yes, there are. Absolutely. Some of them do not want to go full-time and they're ultra professional and ultra talented. There's nothing wrong with that. But they are trained and professional and they treat it like a business no matter how scaled they are as a part-time voice actor, period. Otherwise, make it a hobby and go play on Fiverr. That's fine, too. If that's what you want to do, go do that. But if you're not going to dedicate the time and resources to make it a business, don't make yourself out to be somebody wanting to be a career voice actor. Now, me, I'm also thankful for all the friendships I've made in VO, this has been great. The opportunities, the mentors, the teachers, the coaches, the leaders. Um, start with coaches. J.J. Wilson and Linda Bruno. Um, the very first formal coaches that I went to. Kim Handysides, Mary Lynn Wisner, Mike Hathcote, uh, Deborah Sperling. And a very special thanks to Mark Ryder and Brad Hyland. I think here in this last... Um, 
year. Uh, I, I've been with Mark a while and, and did some things with Brad this year. Probably two of the most influential people on me of recent, but they all carry equal weight with me as, as fantastic coaches. I love working with every one of them. They're there when you need them. Uh, if you have a question, uh, never had any of them not answer. Bill DeWeese, the VO blueprint. Thank you for that. And and your son, Alex, you guys were all a big help for me in the front. A great start. I learned the basics. I was, I was drinking it in fast. I just made a decision. I wanted to invest in individual coaching. I didn't have the money to do both. And I got out of the program. But I still say it's a good program. Also want to talk about mentors, people you made friendships with in VO that helped you, whether directly and directly, they just were there or, or in some way. Kevin Kilpatrick and Bobby Maxwell, Middle Class VO Podcast. Second podcast I ever followed and later not only got to meet them, but become friends. Kevin is in Nashville. He's just been fantastic. He has meetups occasionally down there, always get invited, love to go. Um, he let me hang around last year at VO Atlanta and made me feel a part of things. Otherwise, I felt lost. Had he not done that, even had me on their live podcast recording, they're invaluable to this industry. People like that are. Kevin also introduced me to, uh, I had breakfast, I think twice, Kevin, JJ, and Dave Hoffman. Dave is a VO legend. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Uh, he lives nearby. I met Dave through Kevin, like I said, uh, a fellow believer, a great family man, a great mentor, um, just just the greatest guy. And um, we spent an hour uh, at some point last fall talking about uh, on the phone talking about demos because I said, Dave's a veteran. I don't know what he thinks. He used to do demos. How did he do them? And it just blew me away the difference in what, you know, there's so many different thoughts. And and I really, I loved what he had to say. I just did. It, it was just, it made sense. And it was in line with what I thought or, but I just hadn't heard anybody else say it. So it was so cool. And then there were the true friends. And I have to start with JJ, who uh, I admire so much. And I miss him so much since he left Tennessee, moved to Pennsylvania, we still talk a few times a month. I try to keep check on him a lot. Uh, anytime we talk, I laugh until I'm exhausted. He's always got jokes. I love the stories of the past that he can tell me about voiceover. He said, man, the things you missed, and he'll tell a story. And I love it because I, I would have loved to have lived that voiceover life too. That would have been really, really neat. And he's one of those guys that made that transition. You know, he was doing all the union work and the auto dealerships and the big money. And then it transitioned and he transitioned with it. And he doesn't hold grudges against us trying to make it. Um, another wonderful friend through all this, Charles Coates, my brother from another mother, my VO Atlanta roommate. I love watching him succeed. The current accountability circle with Jake Sanders, Alan Schoenberg. Thank you guys. You're a great example. Uh, thanks for keeping me on track. All three of us are full-time. We're on different paths. We have like-minded goals. We support and help each other. Other names you may not know. And if I miss somebody, my apologies. I'm sure I will, but it's not on purpose because I'm trying to pop these off the top of my head. First and foremost, the voice on the podcast for the intros. And also the other person is a voice on the intro for the podcast I do for my Chamber of Commerce. And then there's another guy that does, they both did an intro and outro, and I switch them every week. Louise Porter. Um. We have been like brother and sister through all of this, and with Brad in there, and the three of us, we called our little group the Tricycle. And during our first couple of years, I mean, that was my accountability group, and we would get in there and vent about things. And we learned things together, and we still message, uh, usually at least once or twice a week, and check on each other and, and, uh, and all that. Um, Charles Bain, the first VO Life member, um, came to Atlanta last year just to come up and eat with Charles Coates and I. We called ourselves, my first name's Charles. We were the three Charleses. Um, the very first person to join the group, and, and I'll always remember that, um, really appreciate him. Rudy Abel, um, another name you some may not know in the group, you're going to know Rudy. 
Uh, I always tried to model my sound after him. I thought Rudy had the best ear, and he could do more with audio and, and always with even thumbnails and stuff. And uh, that big, booming movie trailer luxury voice, you know, and he was, uh, and, but his sound is what I always tried to, to model after. And we, we had a lot of side conversations. Rudy's always given great advice. He's still my buddy. Um, Tim Stevenson, Grant Holmes, Angela Olfest, Angela Clark, Alice Everdeen. Thank you for accountability. We have been in groups and things together. Tim and I have done, I don't know, every now and then a call, a last minute thing. He had me do some voiceover stuff one Saturday night or something for a guy that he was in a bind with. And we'll just do that for each other. We'll help each other. Uh, Dana Ramoni, you know what you did, and I'll be forever grateful. Uh, and I wish you the very best on your move coming up to Arizona. And if uh, God willing, I'd, I'd love to come out there because you're out there. Angela Olfest is out there. Mike Hathcote's out there. And I could, I'd, love to, uh, I'd love to personally meet Mike and Angela. And like I said, I know I'll miss people, and it's not on purpose, but there were so many that were an influence early on and and that I have been in contact with, and I appreciate it. Even if I took a different direction from what they did, uh, Trevor O'Hare, I was really tight with Trevor, you know, the first year because I really believed in what he was doing on Fiverr, and I was trying to learn and do better. Um, uh, Dane Scott. Uh, another person that was helpful to me, he's been on the podcast. Trevor's been on the podcast. You got to go way back and find them. Um, just so many people. Uh, gosh, I, I just, I'll never think of them all. And also, let me say last but not least, because gosh, I've been babbling for an hour to all the members of the VO Life Facebook group. There are many of you in here that are well known voice actors, and there are many of us in here that are not. We're just, trying to find our way. Thank you for being in here, staying here, and supporting it. Thank you for participating. Thank you for commenting and doing all those things. So many people I've been privileged to talk to and get to know. I could never name them all, but I do treasure each and every one of you. And lastly, I have to give all the credit for being where I'm at today to my wife, Amy, who was 1,000% my rock, who told me to write that letter and leave that job. She's my number one fan, my encourager, and my best friend. She left a very easy 7 to 3.30 Monday through Friday to take a weekend 7 to 7, 7P to 7A shift so she could be home during the week when I'm home to make sure everything got taken care of. You can't ask for better than that. And how she's, you know, she's endured all that. She's questioned it. But she said she knew in her heart it was the right thing. She prayed about it, and she knew it was the right thing to do. And we keep going forward in that faith. And we enjoy the freedom that all of this has given us to be here Monday afternoon through Friday afternoon where she's here. We get to go eat with her parents. I get to go eat with my mom during the week. We see them more. We uh, go go places more together during the week. I, I can leave for an hour or two here and there. And, and I can usually try to be done in the afternoons early where we can go out and be together um, on our farm because we're on a farm. And that's what we do. But we've endured and we worry at times and we keep on keeping on. She makes me a better man and a better person every day. I'm not sure what else I can say about this journey except every person will have their own path, their own ups and downs, their own story. You can take a little bit of all these paths you hear about and draw your own. I hope there's something in this journey I've got that helps you, whether it's hope, faith, whether it's being you know, going against the grain and sticking with who you are, because I, I have tried to do that. Um, yes, I work with Tom Antonellis, someone I forgot to mention as a coach. Tom's fantastic. He helped me a lot. I think I get more auditions now, win more auditions, because of just taking out a handful of words that sound too Southern. It helps. And y'all are going, why don't you do that in a podcast? No. You're going to just get me sorry. 
but all of that that helped. So anyway, what I'm saying is it's on you to figure that out, to make the good choices, listen to your coaches, your mentors, and the other people you trust. And I do hope it helps you in some way. And I'll tell you, I also look forward to doing this for a few more years. I hope I'm able to give another update at year four and year five to see, do my predictions hold? Will it change again between year three and five? Because my prediction is that somewhere between year three and five, there's a make or break. You either start your trajectory or you just flatline and and you give up. Why do I think that? Because if you're hammering away at it like I am and you're not getting anywhere, you're probably going to give up. And you might think, well, you know, I'm going to keep doing this part-time, but I, it looks like to me I need to go get another job. I don't want to ever do that. I really don't. And I, that's not in my plan. That's not in plan B. It's not. So hang in there with me. I'll hang in there with you. Let's all climb the mountain together. Let's help each other. Let's not be a hindrance to one another. We can help each other and not be a hindrance. And there is a line. And let's keep living this wonderful VO life. I'll see you next time. This podcast was produced under the authority of the podcast police, who may or may not have investigated the host and guests prior to broadcasting. Any unlawful statements will be investigated further and persecuted to the fullest extent of the podcast law. Well, whistle me Dixie. This has been the Be Life with Troy Holden. If you'd like to consult with Troy one-on-one, visit his website and schedule time at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Join the VO Live Facebook page and interact with other new voice talent. Join the VO Workouts or the Midweek Meetup on the VO Live page events. And be sure and leave a review on Apple and let us know what you'd like us to cover on the podcast. You can also get all of the episodes on Troy's YouTube page. Just search for Troy Holden Voices. That boy is everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Next thing you know, he'll have a streaming TV show. God forbid. And I will.